0: Bear Don Bears fans, what is good, Breeze Nation? It's your boy, Father Designer, back at it again. Appreciate you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily on today's show. What are we seeing in the national media right now, right, boy? What do you want to talk about? A pivot here. We got J- Justin Fields. Could he be the MVP? MVP? Is that what we're talking about on the national media shows today? Must be a conversation, a, a slow day at ESPN. Uh, we're also going to break down the Chicago Bears press conference, is what Coach Fluce had to say. And here's the thing, right? We all want, we all know there's a long term. We know that there's a two, three, four years down the road. But at the end of the day, the question on the table is, what's the next step for the Chicago Bears this season? We're going to break all that down more on today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. If you haven't done so, man, I need y'all to go ahead and Mr. Uh,
1: what. Push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button.
0: Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel, and we are live for the show Monday through Friday from 11 to 12 every day, so make sure that you are tuned in with us. Let's get into this conversation, man, because um, it's, it's very interesting to start to see how quickly and how stark a change can come just by showing all of a sudden talent. And it tells you, honestly, right, the power that Chicago actually holds. It tells you the power that Chicago actually has if they come out and compete, if they come out and look competent, if they come out, right? Like, because we're talking about now, and this has been the thing around a lot of the national media circles, a lot of the national nerds talking about this now, trying to, Backtrack on all the bad things that they said about Justin Fields. Right now, it's Justin Fields could be an MVP candidate. And here's the thing. Realistically, right now, looking at the stats, whether you want to say, oh, my God, he is this or he isn't this. He is a passing quarterback or he isn't a passing quarterback. Lamar Jackson won his MVP. When A lot of people said that Lamar Jackson was a runner and not a passing quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson has kind of upped his game. So I'm not saying that with the way Justin Fields is playing right now, he couldn't win an MVP. I'm not saying that with the way that Justin Fields Uh, uh, is scoring touchdowns he couldn't win an MVP and I think a lot of people see a lot of the same things that we're starting to see right because they're focusing in on the Bears a little bit more they're paying a little bit more attention to the Chicago Bears now right like they're, they're seeing now that hey this kid's not only doing this without help but Without top tier wide receivers, without top tier offensive linemen, without, and he's making a lot of these plays on his own. So I get, right, like all of a sudden the looking at Justin Fields and saying, could he realistically be an MVP? But here's my thing, and I think this is the thing that it always will come down to no matter what. You gotta win. And right now the Bears aren't doing enough winning, in my opinion for Justin Fields to be even considered as an MVP. Right now, the Chicago Bears aren't doing enough winning, in my opinion, for Justin Fields to be even looked at or talked about as an MVP, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Now, here's the thing that I, that I do believe, right? The fact that we're talking about this, the fact that we're putting him in these circles, those are good things. That means that you're starting to see now what Chicago has been seeing the entire time that this kid just needs a little bit of help, just needs somebody to help him along, needs him somebody to, to show him what that next step is, right? Like, you're seeing the things that we've been telling you have been a part of this kid uh, 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 for two years and that Matt Nagy was absolutely ruining him and so for me right like I, I'm, I'm looking at this and saying there's a positive to this but let's also be realistic with what we're seeing Justin Fields is not an MVP candidate and shouldn't be an MVP candidate because and, and I guess it kind of comes down to um, what you think the MVP is, but for me, right, like one, you have to be winning. In my opinion, if you're, you can be a great player, you can be a dominant player, but how does it, how does it affect your team winning? How does it affect your team moving forward? Right, like, and I, I think that that's the part where sometimes we can get caught up in too much of the individual in a sport that absolutely is an individual. I, one of my favorite things of all time was when I heard Tom Waddle break down all the things that it takes for a simple five yard out route to work. And it's just so many moving pieces. And so, yeah, right. Like, can I say that Justin Fields is doing a lot of these things on his own? And so maybe that's a reason why you do look at him at MVP. Yeah. But how's it affecting winning? And yeah, there's a lot of reasons why the bears aren't winning these games. There's a lot of reasons why the bears are coming away with losses in these games. There's a lot of reasons why that aren't on Justin Fields, but how is it going to affect winning at the end of the day? And for me, right, that's the main part of the MVP. Um, The other thing for me is, right, like uh, I think this conversation comes up because of the position Justin Fields plays, right? Like when you look at what Justin's doing um, at the quarterback position not only just running the ball but just being able to actually you know continuously get the ball downfield continuously uh, 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 make find ways to and here's the thing make passes he's doing a great job when watching the all22 bro he is still doing an amazing job an amazing job at dropping back and holding on to the football looking out, still looking for his passes lane, all while using his feet to create plays that seem like they're not there. Like the video, if you agree on that. And then all of a sudden, right, he's still making passes. He's still, yeah, he's running the football more than he's passing a little bit. Now, I don't like all of the designed runs that gets he's throwing in there. But for me, right, like I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, yeah, of course he's running the football because we can't complete a simple drop back. You see Justin Fields dropping back and then all of a sudden, you know, he's running for his life. And so for me, right, like I'm looking at at this situation and saying that you can't say Justin Fields is going to be an MVP. And to me, this is the national media doing what the national media does yet again. This is the national media saying, hey, now we're not we're not going for the pivot on this. We're not going for a. Uh, uh, um, a small change, right? Oh, the Bears are starting to get it together. They're starting to move in the right direction. All the way, he 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 sucks. This kid can't play. I can't. I don't believe he can throw the football. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have help. But I just I don't think he's that good of a player. All the way to he's an MVP. Look at what he's doing with his feet. Look at how he's doing. It. You know what I mean? Like so, I, I think it's another right like oversimplification or over uh not oversimplification. What's the right word that I'm looking for there? Like they're going too far the other direction on it, right? And, and to me, right, like, that's the same thing that we constantly see from the national media. It's not a surprise to me that they're going too far the other direction. It's not a surprise to me that they're going all the way there. And I think that Justin Fields is doing things that are MVP capable, but to have this conversation, right, with a three-win team, what are we really talking about? But I, I'll say this, and here's a caveat to it, right? Like, okay, I've done all that. I've stated all that, right? And I do think, right, one of the MVP will probably be somebody like Jalen Hurts. It'll be uh, possibly two. I think two is absolutely a candidate by the way, uh, overreaction. Good, good, good call on that one. Baki. Um, the, the, I think that the, the one thing overcorrection is actually what I was looking for. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, e ninety. That's actually the word I, w- I was specifically looking for. An overcorrection, because that's what that's what they do, right? Oh, we went a little hard on him on that. We might want to pull that back. We we don't want those clips to pop up. Let's go hard the other direction. It's like, bro, like you don't have to go hard. Like like, listen, I I get it, right? Like it's 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 sports media, and it's got to be entertaining, and you have to have clips, and you have to have. But like the people that we love, just give us an honest assessment. Y'all ever notice, right, like the people you really like most or in the moments that you really like those people most, it's just them giving their honest assessment? I love listening to Richard Jefferson talk about people, especially on the NBA. It's just an honest assessment. He's not going hard. He's not hot taking. He's not like, let's get, let's get, oh, he's got to be this. And you got to, it's just, no, I'm going to just break the game down. I'm going to break it down as I saw it for, what was he, 15, 16 years in the NBA? I'm gonna give you this honest assessment, and that's gonna, and we're gonna move on. Oh, okay, nice. That, that sounds great. Or when Dan Orlovsky like legitimately breaks down tape, I love Dan Orlovsky when he breaks down tape, because I know he knows what he's talking about from the quarterback position. I know he knows what he's talking about when he's when he's talking about footwork and and hand placement, and you know what I mean. Like th- those are the things that I love to hear, and and but they want to overcorrect. They want to go too far the other direction. But here's the one caveat that I will give to anybody that might be on the Justin Fields could be an MVP candidate. The NFL is not good. As a whole, you're seeing more teams that you thought would be much more competitive not being more competitive. And maybe it's more of a balance, right? But I mean, you've got your Eagles. The Eagles are great. Bills look really good. Chiefs still doing what the Chiefs do, right? And there's some names that as you go up, 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 the top of the top that look really good. But... A lot of those guys that people called out for MVP, a lot of those guys that people were looking at and saying, we're going to have a bounce back season. A lot of those teams that people were saying, oh man, he's coming. He's going to be on a Super Bowl caliber team. There's a lot of three and five or what is it now? Three and and seven, four and six. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that out there. So, for me, right, when I'm looking at this team, when I'm looking at this season, when I'm looking at what the Bears are doing, I'm not going to say that by the end of this season we couldn't be having that conversation. I think there would have to be a lot more uh, uh, um, wins that take place throughout the rest of the season. Like, for us to start having that conversation, where are we at? We're on week 10 now. The Bears would have to go. The Bears would have to win six of their next seven. If the Bears start winning six of their next seven, then maybe you can have that conversation. If he's continuing to write, like, four touchdowns, 324 total yards, 160 on the ground. Like, still putting up ridiculous stats. He's still breaking his own record, stuff like that. Like, that's when you can start having that conversation, but not when you're sitting at three and seven. But what I will say is that there's a lot of teams sitting down here with us. Philly just lost to the Commanders. You know what I mean? So there's there's also that side of it as well. There's also the side of it where it's like, yeah, like we got to talk about somebody for MVP candidate. And a lot of the dudes we thought were going to be in are on teams that are mid or suck. So at least Justin Fields is showing us hope. Yeah, I mean, like that that's the only way that I see the Bears uh, or, or that I see uh, – um, Justin Fields even sniffing consideration for this award. But uh, to me, right, this this goes to Tua. This goes to Jalen Hurts. This goes to, and it should go. And you know what? I'll put Tyreek Hill in there. Tyreek Hill should absolutely be in the MVP conversation to me. Well, we're seeing him do Tyreek Hill. Where's he at now? I think he's about to break 2,000 receiving yards in like a week or two. Let me see you know what I mean like that, that that's that like you you start having conversations about those guys. And not to say that they're not, right? It's just weird to see Justin Fields being included in that. Let me see. I want to see where Tyreek Hill is at because that's somebody that I think is being looked over. And right, here's the thing. I'm hearing more conversation. Okay, no, so I was tweaking. So he's got 81 receptions this season, 1,148 yards, four touchdowns, 14, and a uh, 14 yard average on the season. He's got 1,100 yards already. He's got 1,100 yards. That's who you want. And I'll say this, right? To me, that is the. That is the talk that I don't like around the MVP is that they're talking to me. I hear more about Justin Fields than I'm hearing about a guy like Tyreek Hill just because it's got to be a quarterback, right? Like, you old you know, quarterbacks win the MVP award. That's what it all... And I understand, right? It's the most important position on the field. You have to do more mentally. You have to read so much that's happening at once. You have to... Like, there's so much... There's so much you have to look at at the quarterback position, but like to talk about Justin Fields on a three and seven team versus talking about Tyreek Hill on uh, what are the Dolphins this year? Dolphins are seven and three. That's wild. That's a little bit wild. <laughs> Like the video if you agree, man. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports. How Chicago talk? So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. I do start work next week, so these are probably going to be pre-recorded. But my goal is to record these at about 5 a.m so that it'll be relevant news for the day, or I'll record it the evening before, and you'll just hear my thoughts on what happened the evening before. And if there's any updates throughout the day, very much like for people that were a part of the channel before, it was a daily show. Um the the uh if news breaks right i'll record a video from work off of the phone drop that mug we're gonna have headphones i'm still gonna have all the equipment i or or smaller equipment that i can take with me upgrading a little mobile setup and stuff like that so there's a lot of stuff that's coming that way so i appreciate you guys that are rocking with us and tuning in on the show on that side man um here's here's a question that i want to ask the chat and shout-out to everybody in the chat, man. We got Baki in the chat. We got Charles Alvarado in the chat. Charles, what's going on, man? Me and Charles went to high school together. Uh, we got Red Sea Gaming in the chat. What's going on? Baki in the chat, of course. YouTube in the chat. I like that name. r Martin in the chat. Broski Bear in the chat. What's going on, man? appreciate you guys for tuning in in the chat. Here's the question that I want to ask the chat. And here's the question that I think... You have to. The question that I think you have to focus on is tough. It's tough to say right for the rest of this season because we know what this season is. Steve Owen of chat was going on? But. When you look at where the team is, how the team's been struggling, how the team's been playing, right? Like struggling, but still being successful, right? I think Bucky just dropped that gem in here. And I saw that this morning. Uh, Bears, yeah, leading the league in scoring over the last month. So when you see the direction of the team, when you see what's happening on the field, when you're seeing, right, like how we're winning these games and then how we're eventually losing these games. I know the long-term is there, right? Draft capital, cash, go out and get players in free agency, go out and find the right guys in the draft, stuff like that. But when you look at this season right now, what's the next step this season? Because this season ain't over, right? I don't want this to stop. There's a lot of people that are like, man, Justin Fields has developed, and they, they're they talking like the season's over tomorrow. We got 10 weeks to go, or seven weeks to go. Eight weeks, technically, because we got a bye week. We got eight weeks to go. Right? Right? So what's the next step for the Chicago Bears this season? What's the next thing that we want to see develop? I've got two things in mind. Of course you want to see those young pieces, but I'll, I'll tell you this. And maybe it was because we were playing the Lions. But we've seen flashes of Jack Sanborn the entire time. We've seen flashes of Jack Sanborn in preseason, saw it a little bit early on in the season, didn't see him again. Is there something that can be developed there? And it's not just Jack Sanborn, right? But is there something that can be developed defensively with a young core? Did you guys see on the field when they showed the uh, uh, – like the the, the names of the players and stuff like that, and they're breaking down kind of like where they went to college, stuff like that, different things, and showing you the lineup, where they're positioned at, how many rookies are on that field. And the funny thing about it to me is, yeah, you can see how many rookies are on the field, but it doesn't talk about how many second-year players are on the field as well, right? Like you were talking about Dominique Robinson, Jack Sanborn, Jalen Johnson, uh, uh, um, Kyler Gordon, um, um, Jaquan Brisker, right? Like so many young players. Is there something that we can find? Find that can be developed the rest of this season. And now, right? Now I'm really looking at Alan Williams because here's the thing. While the defense looks atrocious, at defense can't get a stop. I understand that there's a lack of talent there. And on the other side, there's usually more talent that you're going up against offensively. Very hard to stop amon Ross St. Brown, especially with a injured Jalen Johnson and uh a guy that and a guy that um what what was I gonna say? And and a guy that just I'm in Ross Saint Brown is ridiculous. <laughs> he's he's ridiculous. That's really what it comes down to. But is there something that Allen Williams can develop on that core? Because you know what, I can say the same thing about the offensive side of the football, and Luke Getsy has shown me development. So now I want to see. What kind of development Allen Williams can give me the rest of this season out of this team? I want to see what Jack Sanborn can do. Jack Sanborn came out. And here's the part, right, like when when I watched uh, the tape back, I was watching it last night. When you watch the tape back, right, it's not that Jack Sanborn's flying around, he's just making plays, making tackles, all these different things, right, bringing them down. But here's the thing. You... See him in the right position to make plays. You see him setting up the right way to make plays and he's executing the plays. A lot of the things that I was saying about this defense that weren't happening week in and week out. Jack Sanborn did a pretty good job of that for most of that Lions game. Um, just being in the right position and actually making the play. Now what's the rest of that? Where's the rest of the team at right? Brisker like what he's showing me Gordon. Kind of kind of plateaued off a little bit last week. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of plateaued off a little bit last week. But for me, I want to see, right, what's that next step development-wise? Because whether we like it or not, this is your defensive core. You might be able to go out and get a big name. I'd like to see you get a name on that defensive line that might help you a little bit more, right? But honestly, this is your defensive core moving forward. And whether Sanborn's a part of it or not, this is your defensive core moving forward. You're going to have Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, possibly Eddie Jackson. I think they're going to hold on to him. I like what Eddie's done this year, especially standing next to Jaquan Brisker. Those are your guys moving forward. Dominique Robinson might be a piece that's on this line for a while. Justin Jones is signed here for, for a little while, right? Like with Like, this is your defensive heart. What are you going to show me? And I'm not saying Jack Sanborn or any of these guys are going to go on to be Hall of Famers. I'm not saying none of that right now. Although I will say this, right? When you hear now here's the the part, here's the part that that does get me a little bit excited, right? Just on the name. Like, I want y'all to do this. Everybody do this at home and see if this flows right for you. When you think about the best linebackers in the NFL, I'm sorry, in Bears history, what do we do? What do we always do? We go. Run through the name Erlacher. Butkus. And then just go Sanborn. Kind of fits. Kind of fits. I could see Sanborn as a name that we're saying 20 years from now and just be like, oh, yeah, it flows pretty well, Erlacher. Who are your top bears lying about Erlacher? Sanborn. Kind of fits. <laughs> but the one thing that I will say as well, um, Outside of that, because I I think that, right, defensively, you have to get the core together. You have to be able to make – you have to be able to find something on there that you feel good about, and I'm really focusing in on Allen Williams on that. But on the other side of the ball, right, I do have an issue with the fact that you have now spent a second-round pick, a third-round pick – And a seventh round pick on three wide receivers that totaled for 19 plays last week. And two of those wide receivers, two of those wide receivers. weren't a part of any of those 19 plays. Nikhil Harry was a healthy scratch. Right? Bayless Jones can't find the field anymore. Those are two picks. And right, like Nikhil Harry's seventh round pick, or six, Was it six? Six or seven? Six six round pick. Six round pick, not losing my mind. But you just traded now a second round pick and Chase Claypool can't find the field. That's what I want to see for the next the rest of this season. What's the development in the relationship between Justin Fields and Chase Claypool? What's the development in a relationship? Because the one thing that I think that we haven't seen at all this season has been a development between Justin Fields and wide receivers. I know he likes Mooney. We've seen a development in Justin Fields and Cole Komet. Love that. Love that. Need that. Give me more of that. But this season, we have not seen a development between Justin Fields and outside of that, right, really any of his wide receivers. Floos, what's going on? What's going on? You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about three players that were supposed to be names that Justin Fields was going to be able to go to when he had – to get out of there real quick. We haven't seen any. Nikhil Harry's been targeted, what, three times? I think he's caught all three passes, one for a touchdown. I, I literally think Nikhil Harry has been targeted three times, and he's caught, one, he's caught three passes. You saw Chase Claypool play more in his first game, where he had been here three days and had no idea what was going on with the offense. More than you saw him in the second game. And in the second game, they only went to him one time. So what's going on there, right? Like that—that's that. I'm not going. I'm not going full. Uh, I'm not going full. Uh, 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 what's his name? <laughs> Windhorse on y'all. What's going on over there in, in Chicago practice? But like, I, I I'm looking at this and I, I I feel like right. We haven't seen a development between Justin and any wide receivers this season. I, I knew the relationship was there with Mooney. I knew that Justin would be able to find Mooney. But there, you knew you had to develop a rapport with somebody else this season. And the guys that it seems like he has developed a little bit of a rapport with, they just can't catch the ball. Pettis' is eh, EQ eh, and most of their touches are end-arounds, right? I love that he's built up this relationship with Cole Komet, but you have to have, I think the thing for me is, that if you're going to have a successful offense that includes Darnell Mooney, that includes Darnell Mooney being heavily used, you have to have somebody to take that pressure off of Darnell Mooney. And I thought bringing Chase Claypool here would do that. I thought that, and listen, it's two weeks in. I'm not losing my mind. He's, he's learning the offense. He's figuring it out. But, like, it's tough for him to learn the offense if you just don't use him in the offense in week two. And especially with Detroit's DBs out there, I feel like you missed an opportunity there to get the ball to him. Now, I love the development of him and Cole Komet. I love that relationship growing, and maybe that's something they want to focus on. Maybe that's a long-term move. But I don't think you spend a second-round pick on Chase Claypool if you don't think Chase Claypool could possibly be a long-term move. Now, maybe coming into this week, right, we see a little bit more. Maybe coming into this week, we see more from Claypool. We see more, you know, it, you see him involved in the offense a little more. It literally could just be that he's only been here a couple of weeks. But I think that you have to talk about uh, – no, I'm sorry. The one thing that I want to see throughout the rest of this season is, okay, who's the other wide receiver that Justin Fields is going to – Build this rapport with. There has to be another one. And when you spend a second round pick on a guy like Claypool, Claypool, that's who you think that's gonna be. You don't spend a second round pick on a guy if you if you think he's just gonna be a cog in the offense. Or a decoy on most plays, right? He was only out there for 31% of the snaps. You can't even be a decoy if you're not standing out there. At least Allen Robinson would stand out there. And so I want to figure out, right, like, and and I think it's, to me, I don't know. Maybe it's something they're seeing in practice. Maybe it's something that they're seeing, right? Because for me, Nikhil Harry being a healthy scratch is weird to me. And the fact that Getse really hasn't gotten Nikhil Harry any looks in this offense. I thought if you're spending a pick on a guy that you think is a flyer, and of course he comes in injured, you you you're, you realize, right, there's going to take some time to work him back into the offense. But he's been back in this offense for, what, three weeks now? And I think we've seen a total of three passes go his way. I think we've seen a total of three passes where he was actually the focus on the play, right? Like, why why are we taking flyers on these guys and we're not trying to see what – it's a development season no matter what. It's a development season no matter what. I know you're trying to win and stuff like that, but why are we taking flyers on these guys we're not going to utilize these guys on the field? Claypool I I and I understand and give him time for that but remember right in in preseason it was uh it was oh man Harry's here he looks big he's going up making catches he's going up making these plays and and then like we we haven't seen any of it and maybe maybe I saw Justin a little bit more right maybe Justin is kind of looking and he's like hey listen um I I I haven't been here all season. I just don't have that built up with you. I'm not focused on building that up with you right now. We're going to, we're going to focus on getting the ball to people that I've already got this relationship built up with. And and I'll say this, that is a lot of being a quarterback in this league, right? Like just having that relationship built up and having that trust built up, right? Like that's a lot of being a quarterback. They, they, He has a trust of Mooney. He knows that if I throw this up to Mooney, Moon Man is usually going to go up there and get it. He has a trust with uh, um, now Cole Komet, right? Where he says, hey, he said he he said in his press conference, I talked about this yesterday. In his press conference yesterday, he says that um, Justin Fields, I'm talking about, says that they did not complete that pass one time in practice. The deep shot that goes to Komet going to the outside, when he gives a little, uh, and then cuts up. And just, he said it, they didn't complete it one time in practice. That's trust. Hey, we didn't complete that, but if it's there, I'm going to get it to you. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, to, to me, um, at the end of the day, your what are you focusing on? outside of what we know Justin believes in, because the things that Justin believes in and he trusts the most, that's not leading to making the other, the 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 weapons that he trusts life easier. I, I don't know if I'm saying that the right way, even like I, my thing is if Justin trusts, Cole Komet and Justin trust Mooney. The defense is going to say, okay, let's take away Cole Komet. Let's take away Mooney. He's got nothing else on this team that he trusts. And so I want to see that trust built up. And someone else, right? Like if it's Nikhil Harry, if it's Justin, or I'm sorry, if it's uh, uh, Chase Claypool, I don't care who it is, right? But there has to be somebody else on the field that you feel like that's a threat. Justin believes in that guy. Because if it's only Komet and it's only Mooney, that's easy to take away. Right, like that's how you get to that last play where Justin Fields is just running for his life, trying to extend the play, trying to find somebody downfield because nobody's coming open and he also doesn't have time to play on his feet. And again, offensive line plays a lot into uh, 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 that as well, right? Because what is Nikhil Harry? What is Chase Claypool for us, right? Those are the guys you want on your deep routes. Those are the guy, the big bodies you want downfield going up for the 50-50 balls. That's what those guys are to me. And there's probably quite a few plays that just don't have time to develop. It's not even probably. There, There are quite a few plays that just don't have time to develop with this offensive line. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many plays that they just, like, you see somebody streaking down the field, but he's got, it's going to take two, three seconds. Justin Fields is already getting hit underneath. He's trying to just get away. He makes a play. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much of that happening this season. So I, I also understand it from that aspect. But to me, right, like, that just means, okay, let's work Claypool in on some things, maybe in the middle. Let's work him in on some things underneath. Let's work Harry maybe on those deep routes to where now we're focused on Chase. We're focused on Mooney. We're focused on all the way. And and kill Harry streaking down the sideline. Right. Like I, I think those are the things. And and the the my favorite part about this, and like the video if y'all saw this, bro. First off, if you in here and you haven't liked the video yet, I need y'all to uh do me a favor we got 93 people in here. Go ahead and uh push the
1: button. Come on, push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button.
0: Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We are gonna get in the and and uh um and cole comet talking at the podium as well, uh, today. But um The Detroit Lions, on a few plays in that game, had two spies on Justin Fields.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
0: They weren't even worried about covering the field, which is even more to me a reason where I'm like, you got to get this ball out. You got to be able to find some lanes here. They had DB, a DB, and a linebacker. On a couple of plays, just dedicated... Well, it was Okuda, and I don't remember the linebacker's name, but um, on a couple of plays, just dedicated to watching Justin Fields. And I was like, bro, they're really just not trying to cover the field. They're just only worried about Justin Fields. And Justin was able to kind of pick them apart using his speed and being able to use his arm, right? Like, I think that's... I think if you go back and look at the play, I think where... Uh, Cole commit gets his first touchdown. I think they have that kind of set up and it's why it opened up the open passing lane, but yeah, there's, there's just, there's, they're focused so much on Justin Fields that they're not even willing to put as many people in the field. You gotta find a way to build a relationship with some of these other guys, man. And that's, I think those are right. Like the only two concerns like, honestly, those are, like, the only two concerns that I've really... that are The only two things that I really want to see the rest of this season play out. I want to see that development with the receiver room. I want to see that development on the defensive unit. Is there ever going to be anything out of those guys that are there? Because you spent a lot of high draft capital. Like, there needs to be, to me, some focal point. And I know, right, like, that's going to be a lot harder to do without a three technique coming up the middle. It just is. It just is. But... Right, like is there a core here that we can build up that we can look forward to seeing week in and week out for the next five, ten years? That's the question that that I think surrounds this Bears team right now, man. Hey, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talks, and make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Wanna listen in to Coach Fluce uh at the podium. Coach Fluese was breaking down. Um Essentially, what what he's seeing from Justin Fields, what kind of development he's seeing from this team as a whole and, uh, you know, what what he's really looking forward to in these coming weeks. Right. A lot of positivity, even through the losses, which is something that's very interesting and surprising to say. But let's listen in to Coach Floos, man, as he broke down uh, what he's seeing from this Bears team.
3: Really just uh, had a team meeting today, uh, guys are finishing up their walkthroughs uh, and what they do with the walkthrough is they, they go through about 10 to 12 plays, special teams goes first and then offense and defense and they just clean things up, they do that in, in the ITC inside so um, that's always a good thing and then we kind of uh, preview the next opponent, you know just their base structure, some of the base things we might do, um, you know alignment wise or, or scheme wise just to give the guys a heads up uh, going into next week so that was good. And really to go back to the team meeting it was really much what I said yesterday you know we thought we were in a good spot uh, coming out of halftime it was 1010 obviously that big uh, drive by the offense and that miraculous play by Justin uh, to get in the end zone there I thought we used the clock well uh, working into that two-minute drive you know started worked into it to three minutes and we really did a nice job of burning that clock all the way down uh, the way we wanted to uh, to create that touchdown with really no time to play you know obviously we kicked and covered there they got a little bit uh, of a You know, of a return there, um, a little bit more than a little bit uh, more than we wanted, and uh, then they had a hail mary there. So that hail mary line for them really isn't that that deep, but uh, obviously golf's got a big arm and he he threw it there. So we got to do do a better job of knocking that ball down um, at the end there. But uh, uh, so that's how we ended the first half. Uh, Came out in the third quarter and really did a nice job. Uh, You know, scored come out on defense, got a third and one and a half, I guess it was, and we, we uh, threw a pressure in there, got a nice TFL, that was nice. Offense came down and scored on a subsequent drive. Um, really nice play, nice play design in the red zone uh, with that roll, you know, with the, with the, you know, I'm not gonna name the name of it, but it was really, really nice. And then uh, again, then we had a couple, we had a five and out on defense, which was good. Uh, got them into a third and extra long. Um, And we came back and we threw that shot, midfield shot, the logo shot from the midfield uh, to Cole on that second one. So that's how we got 14-0 in the third quarter. Really nice. Um, And then the fourth quarter started and uh, I think we kicked it out of bounds in there in the the fourth quarter. Um, So that, that obviously gave the field on the 40. Defensive, nice job responding to that and got out on I think in a five and out also again. That was really nice. You know, and then really working from there. Uh, we had some issues. You know, we had a couple issues there that we have to clean up, and that's what we went through in a team meeting. You know, I, so I showed, basically in a team meeting, I showed the guys the whole third quarter, those plays, the third down stops and the, and the big touchdown throws and all that, and then working into that fourth quarter, how we can play it a little bit better, you know, how we can be smarter, how we can do a better job of functioning as a group. And really it started with, you know, Kyler coming off the edge. You know, he came off the edge, did a nice job, we were free, and we got to just learn and discern a little bit when you're at the quarterback's face of how you do that, um, because he's going to make a movie, sees you, and we got to make sure that we do a good job of having some body control there, um, and doing a good job that way. And then on the sideline, you know, when you're on the sideline with the quarterback, you know, uh, you can agree or disagree with that call, but you have to, we have to be smart as defensive players when it is a quarterback that knowing that they're going to protect those guys. Um, you know, obviously he caused the fumble on the sideline; they made that call. They got a nice uh, nice chunk of change there from that penalty and then we had a couple penalties in a row after that you know we had a hands to the face and another hands to the face um, the first one was a good call you know put them down to like the 12 or 14 yard line and then from there you know we obviously all saw the one and uh, what a great play by 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 San, Sanborn. what a great play by him getting in that window making that interception returning turning it back to the 25, and that to me, that was that was really a, a momentum play in the game. So I was really proud of the guys making that play. Um, so they assessed the penalty on that, and we got to do a better job fitting the run on that next one. You know, the next one there. So um, I just show them the sequence of events of, of what that was, and then you know we end up putting ourselves in position. Um, Justin comes back. You know, in the next series does a really good job um, on that third and one. Um, obviously, I think I taught him everything there that he needs to know on that play. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously, you can see what kind of uh, special player he is uh, by having the ability to to take that that long. Was I think it was 64 yards? Am I right on that? S- seven. seven. Okay, 67 yards, touchdown. So it's good. And obviously, we got to make the extra point. You know, that's not that's not us. You know, there we got to be able to execute there. So that was another play that I showed him. But uh, At the end of the day, we gave ourselves, um, you know, as a team, we were up by six with, I think it was seven minutes uh, to go, you know, so uh, we had to put it away there. You know, we didn't as a football team do that at that time, and that's what we got to work on. We got to work on that. We're doing a lot of good things, um, you know, with our style, with our intensity, how we play, uh, the effort. You know the takeaways is something we got to make sure we address and I think we're doing a really good job um, on offense. We've only had one, you know, of I the mean, couple games, which is acceptable. It's a good number. Um, you know, and Justin told you last night he, he should have dirted that one. But uh, and again on defense, we got to take care of the opportunities. You know, obviously we had take one taken away from us. Gibson had a chance with that fumble. We got to do a good job. So we're going to drill some of that this week to make sure we understand how we get those fumbles that are in close quarters. Do a little bit better job with the technique, but. Uh, that's really it. That's what we outlined in the team meeting today. Uh, then the, player, the players went with their units, met with their positions, and they detailed it out. How can we get better? And that's what we're focusing on. You know, it's about skill improvement. You know, when you get have skill improvement as, as a football team and each individual man increases his skill, our execution is going to increase. Therefore, we're going to win the tight games. Therefore, we're going to execute in those critical moments. And that's the process. And that's the process that we're committed to and we're never going to let go of that rope. We're always going to be in the evaluation mode on the day after the game. How do we improve? How do we get better? And then we can see the improvement. you know, As coaches, as players, we can see it. And we are just taking a step. We just got to improve in all aspects of the game and continue to finish off these games the right way. With the
4: fourth quarter offense, you had four empty possessions in, in the quarter. What yep. do you make of that? A couple of them playing from ahead. The last one, obviously, playing from behind. What, what, what was discombobulated in that?
3: Yeah, I mean it just comes down to be able to execute in the in that moment. You know, we got to do a good job of uh, executing if we get to third down or even if we get to fourth down, we got to be able to execute in those moments there. And then on defense, you know, we we did had a third nine where we didn't execute. You know, we didn't we didn't play good enough man coverage in there. The pressure wasn't tight enough, wasn't fast enough, didn't hit the quarterback on that particular one and it wasn't good enough. So, again, it comes down to execution. How much, how much All we have is here. Uh, but it looks like they got there
2: was a your five, against year five. Uh, does the ball need, was there someone open downfield this ball need to be out? What's the,
3: what's the right way? yeah that was it was just man free coverage you know they, they had a guy had a guy hugging up on the tight end that uh, tight end blocked out on our on the defensive end and then he uh, he hugged up on it so um there was pressure there you know we got to do a better job protecting on that particular one but uh you know it's all about being able to you know just set back there and deliver the ball and, and it comes down to protecting him too
1: I
5: mean, why, why, is it, why is it so much more difficult to execute in like the fourth quarter in these games ahead or behind than it is previously in the game when you were executing?
3: Yeah, I would just say that it's uh, you know the operation. We got to do better on defense, operating in those moments, and you got to do a better job on offense. We got to keep practicing that and uh, do a better job of executing in those moments. Does
5: anything change? I mean, does I mean? Are, I
3: mean, it's a little bit more. The mechanics of two minutes a little bit different, you know, uh, when you look at it that way. But uh, again, it still it still comes down to execution
5: practice those situations a lot and yeah. talk about smart situational football a lot but is there any substitute for for doing it for real in a
3: game um you know there's nothing like the game you know but you try to create your practices game-like situations you know where, where you create that intensity we you know we do go ones on ones um during training camp when we do those situations third down two minute. it's never ones versus twos uh so we try to create that environment for them do
5: you expect uh,
6: herbert to miss any time of the injury
3: we'll do injuries on wednesday but we'll see. We'll see where he is.
6: So, with the on that third down, the 44-yarder, what does Jalen have to do better on that play?
3: Just stay connected. Just stay connected. Keep his feet moving. You know, stay with the guy. You know, keep his feet moving in that moment.
2: Yeah. How much do you think the oblique um, hindered him?
3: Yeah, we don't make excuses. He was out there playing. We got. We got to play. Matt, with Justin
2: Fields, from a defensive perspective, why do we see so often that defensive backs are not able to get angles on him? What's happening where those guys are just so often? Safeties and cornerbacks
3: out of position once he gets into that level. Yeah, yes, yeah, so like for that long run on third and one. And others. Yeah, and others. Yeah, I would just say speed. Um, he's he's got tremendous speed and he's very strong. You know, so he he steps on guys pretty fast. You know, so he doesn't like do a lot of wiggling once he gets into that into that uh, backfield defensive backfield. He he puts on the gas and and, and uh, does a good job. He understands angles and speed, speed and strength. I would say is the hardest thing.
2: Is that it happened like it's so fast that as a safety or a cornerback, once you recognize what's happening, it's too late?
3: Yeah, I think, it's, you know, because, you know, obviously defending guys like like that, you know, similar to that, I don't know if there's anybody really, really like him in terms of the strength and the speed, but uh, he just breaks down angles really fast.
7: How rare is it to see a guy step in the middle of the season, an undrafted rookie like Jack Sandmore, make as big of an impact as he had in the last couple of games, and what has impressed you most about him?
3: Yeah, yeah. So he's he's had uh, he's born with good instincts, you know. So he has that, you know. He's able to discern and and read his keys and be on plays fast, you know. So that's that's very helpful uh, to him, you know. I've had linebackers like that over the pat in my past in my career. uh, That guys can really know where the ball is every time. They're able to see, you know, read, you know, the steps of the back, but also see the lineman in front of them for the keys, um, and and have their eyes move to one spot to another to diagnose plays uh, really fast. Um, And he has that ability. Um, He he likes to hit. He's he's a guy, you know, if you're a linebacker, you have to like that part of the game, the physical style of the game. And he's also a good, uh, has the good ability to pressure. You know, he can uh, get one on one with a back and has a good ability to uh, get slippery and slide uh, to the side to stay vertical uh, in that rush. Uh, So, um, and he's smart. He's really smart, uh, really understands the defense. And, uh, but, yeah, he, he did a nice
5: excuses for a player who's playing through a situation. Do you ever, though, look back and, and, and say, well, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have tried to play him, you know, let him play through that injury? I mean, obviously, those are like with um, Kevin Jenkins, you didn't play. I mean, I mean there's uh, decisions you have to make at this point of the season. Do you ever look back and say, well, maybe that wasn't such a great
3: idea? Well, I mean, I think it's uh, these guys are pro athletes. You know, these guys have been playing in this game a long time, and, and ultimately, it's going to be up to them. You know, so they say. They say they can go. That means they can go, and we have to trust them. And we really leave it up to them. We know that there was some sort of a, a type of injury, but we leave it up to them. And those guys, when they say they're going, they're they're going. So, yeah,
4: on the, on the to combat the long one, two-part question. What do you like about the, the way that play was designed and run? Yeah, and, and from a defensive lens, what created so much confusion for them that it allowed him to? Yeah,
3: kick? yeah. There's there's a. We have a bunch of ways to run those types of plays. I mean, we have several. I mean, probably more than. Fifteen ways to run those types of plays, you know, with different looks and different motions, and and those are those are plays that have been around. I mean, they're they've been around the league, you know, from the Shanahan's, Kubiak's, all the all the all the guys that have designed these plays from the beginning, and they're hard to de, hard to defend because you're you're looking at defending you know what you think is going to be a post you know a wheel or whatever that might be, and all of a sudden now it's it's running a post corner come, you know, all the way across the field. You know, that's going to be caught 45 yards on the other side of the numbers. So if you're not tying in uh, different people into that coverage, um, those are very difficult because, you know, if it is man, for example, I know that they were confused and, you know, got sideways on the coverage a little bit. But um, if you're in man, this guy's still running away from you, you know, so running away from your leverage point. So you got to do some things in there that you can, you know, defensively that can help yourself.
4: You said you were going to expand expand the package for Chase and, and yeah. He kind of took a the, the snaps dipped a little bit. What was the reason
3: for that? Yeah, I think it was 19 snaps. I think he had two targets uh on a day, but uh you know, a lot of times it's, you know, he's the primary and they're covering that, and you go to the secondary, you know. So, you know, we visited, we Getzy and I visited about that this morning and that's pretty much what it was. So, yeah. Matt, yeah. You Matt,
1: met, when you
5: took- Matt, you mentioned uh some of the penalties, you know, we had the hold on Braxton Jones, the Second, hands to the face on, on Jalen and then the, the thing out of bounds. Do you think there needs to be increased accountability for referees when they make these kind of bad calls? Because, you know, players make mistakes. They can get fined. Should there be some sort of accountability for referees?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's my, uh, really my uh, question to answer. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm here to coach the team. But I would say this, that, that you know, there's things in the game that happen. You know, and and we as players and coaches have to overcome adversity. Adversity comes in many ways, as I said yesterday. And you as a football team have to look at each other now and say, okay, that's that. Okay, now let's move forward and let's overcome this adversity through execution. And at the end of the day, guess what? We still, at the end of the day, it was seven minutes, we were leading, and we should should have closed the deal, and and we got to get that done. So we got to make sure we're squared away that. Last
2: one, Pat. When When you first interviewed here and when you took a look at Bears' job and analyzed what was here. Mm -hmm. Having Justin as a potential franchise quarterback, obviously he wasn't there yet. Um, What does that do for the attractiveness of the job? And for the feeling, when you're analyzing what we have here
3: before? Yeah, I mean, I think it's appealing. You know, when you're looking at different types of places to go, you know, you you take spots for that reason. And the number one spot you look at is quarterback. And you study and look at that, and, and I love what I saw. And I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing uh, even more, uh, since I've been here for this amount of time. Just what I'm seeing now, you know, the athleticism, the toughness, the grit, you know, the ability to make special plays, and uh, he, he's done that.
0: Oh man, that's Coach Fluce. I love Fluce, bro. They be asking Fluce some dumb questions, and he really be looking at them like they got a third eye, bro. It cracks me up. I mean, bro. <laughs> I love his breakdown on Sanborn, man. I I love how he's talking about Jack Sanborn. I I kind of felt the same way, right? Like I thought it was I thought it was just a lot of uh I thought Jack just he 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 seems like a smart player. Like he seems like somebody that just finds the right position, finds where he has to be, finds what he's got to do and does it, right? Like it's, it's not a question on it. There's not um, you know, him trying to figure it out. It, it's just we got to make this play we got to do this right like so it, it that cracks me up bro um it cracks me up that like bro they 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 hey, bro the let's just be like y'all not getting no money out of my pocket when he said to, they, they asked him do you think the ref should be held accountable that's not on me I'm here to coach the football team. Y'all not getting no money out of me, bro. Stop playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love fluce man. Um, listen, I mean, you, you you listen to him talk, right? And you and, and I, I like that here here's the thing that I get from Fluce in that. The the one thing that I really took away. He's asking a lot of the same questions we are, right? That's that's something that I really like from a head coach. You just spent a second round pick on this guy. I just I just got through asking the question, right? Like, how do we not see Claypool more in that? And immediately, you see uh, um, fluce talking about, I talked with Getzy about that this morning. Hey, what's going on with Claypool? Why, why, why aren't we getting him involved more, right? And he, he basically says, right, like, some of these plays, he's the first option, and Justin goes away from him. But it's still, I, I believe he's on the field for 19 snaps, right? Like, that's still not enough snaps. 19 snaps, two targets, that's not enough time on the field. Um, I, I still have that question, but I like that Fluce is sitting there and he's like, Hey, I, I got the same question. What the heck's going on here? Why are we not using this guy more? You know what I mean? Um, so that <laughs> Steve O said. Steve O said, hey, how can you stop Giannis on a fast break? You can't. Those are the questions they <laughs> ask, bro. I swear. Some of the reporters crack me up here, bro. Cause it's just like it it's it's just one of those things to me where like you're not getting us and maybe he's not going to give us the answers anyway. Like y'all know how football coaches are. They, they, they feel like they're the smartest guy in the room and they have to hold, withhold their government secrets. But I, I, I would like to at least know that the questions that we're asking some of these guys out here actually have to do with what's happening outside of just like, Hey, we really feel good about Justin. Do you feel good about Justin, yeah, I, I feel good about Justin. Hey, we, Jack Sanborn caught that interception. Do you feel good about Jack Sanborn? Yeah, I, f- I feel good about Jack Sanborn. I just want a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, Let's listen in to Jack Sanborn. Speaking of Jack Sanborn, let's listen in on Jack. Jack was talking about kind of, uh, you know, growth at the position of what he was seeing out there that first day. So let's listen in on what he had to say um, about just just stepping in and having to make plays right away, man. I mean, he it, it was not like jack had an opportunity to get himself figured out like they were like hey you're an undrafted rookie and you haven't played much get out there and let's see if we can figure this out for you and jack did a really good job for somebody who got their first i mean what is that that's that's probably his first i mean off of like a short week right first full week of practice first going out there versus a team that essentially no pressure was put up against. I thought Jack Sanborn did a pretty good job. Let's listen in on what he had to say.
4: Jack, even though it was negated, can you walk us through the interception, just kind of how you reacted and what you saw as that play unfolded?
6: Yeah, uh, Nick was man on the back. I mean, uh, back onto his side, and it was kind of something that we were preparing for all week when they, they like to run uh, the angle routes in the red zone, uh, especially to 32. And so, you know, I was there to pro- provide some help for him, and, you know, it Kind of played out exactly like we wanted to. Um, don't know if if golf saw me and um, was able to make a play on the ball. How
2: have you been settling in the last couple of weeks? I imagine the first start probably felt special. What did the second one feel like
6: felt good. I mean, it feels uh, good any any kind of chance you get, and um, you know, and I think that speaks to the guys that we have on the defense, and you know, especially the guys that. We have in the locker room is, you know, I'm able to feel comfortable and, um, you know, be myself and um, and yeah, I think that speaks to a lot of them.
7: Coach were is talking about your instincts. He's talked about that a couple of times. Is that something that you've always had? Did that develop like slowly but surely? Did you re- like when did you first realize that you had the instincts to play that position?
6: Uh, I got I got no idea. I mean I I don't know. Um, I've been playing. <laughs> Been playing linebacker for a long time, and you know I think it. You know hold uh, on,
0: hold all the ex- bro, what, fam? This is what I'm talking about, dog. What? When did you realize that you had the instincts to play the, that position? What you want to tell you? When he was eight. What are we? What are we talking about? How you gonna? Here's, here's my How you gonna write about that? Like they writing it. Like, what are you gonna write? What does that question do for you? Your article. Jack Sanborn realized when he was six years old that he would one day be a middle linebacker. What What does that do? Ask these men some relevant questions, bro. Ask this man about the game, bro. What are we What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> These mugs sitting here talking about when did you realize that you had the instinct? Do y'all, did, nobody's practicing this. Like when I have a, and I, I'm gonna get back to the interview. I know this is, this is a random rant, but when I have an interview on my show, like I, I practice the questions I want to ask. I don't just write something out like the night before, Like I, I sit here and I think, and I practice the questions that I want to ask, especially from a kid that's making a second start. And played really well. When did you realize you had the instincts to play this position?
6: Shut up, dog. Experience I've kind of had and watching guys. Jesus, play the position. You know, I was fortunate enough to be at Wisconsin and, you know, growing through there, I was able to see kind of how really good linebackers played the position uh, that were ahead of me. And so I think from that kind of introduction to the position, learning it, seeing what they do, you know, I give them a lot of credit, and then it's just kind of experience. And um, the more opportunity you have, you, you have to grow.
7: Any Any positions guys? growing up? Any other positions growing up that you didn't feel that instinct set, like youth football or high school or anything?
6: I mean, youth football, you'll play all the positions you really can. Um, but I think it's totally different. But once I got to high school, no, I was pretty much mainly linebacker.
0: Duh. This man just played a whole game versus the Detroit Lions, and they asked him about – all right. Who is – who is right
6: now? Yeah, I mean, T.J. Edwards, uh, Jack Cicci, um, you know, Zach Bond, um, plenty of guys there uh, at Wisconsin. And, you know, they've all – Chris Orr, and they've all they've all helped me in a lot of ways. Jack, here in
4: this building has been most helpful to you and just kind of – Bringing you, getting you comfortable,
6: and bringing you along. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna like single one person out. I think it's a collective effort and a lot of people. And um, you know, but I think it's kind of the linebacker room from the start. You know, that's who um who we're all around each other the most. We're in meetings together, and um, just learning. And um, you know, that's what the this game is about. It's all about improving, all about learning, and you know, getting better. For the past
5: 24 hours or so. You ever take a moment to pitch yourself and go? Well, we went from an undrafted uh, free agent rookie to now leading the team in tackles.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's important, and I think it's something that I kind of learned throughout college. Is you know everyone is very fortunate to be uh, where they are, and I think it's something that you got to do from time to time because uh, everyone's so focused on you know getting better, you know, winning the game, and everything that comes, and you know, because it's so challenging. And I think I think taking those that. Three seconds, five seconds to really kind of breathe, soak in the moment is a uh, is something that's important and um, something that you can take when you look back and be like, man, I, re- I remember that moment. And um, you know, it's something that I don't know if a lot of people do, but I think it's something that's sometimes important, but at the same time, it's you know, you're focused on so much more.
7: Picks obviously you don't get a choice of where they're going to get selected, but you had a choice. Why did you pick? Do you have any other opportunities in
6: free agency uh, I mean it kind of happened very quickly uh, once the draft ended and you know I, I think just uh, you know I wanted to be in Chicago I want to be a part of this team and I think a lot goes into that that I don't know if I'm really going to get into but um, you know it was kind of where I wanted to be and uh, you know kind of felt comfortable.
5: Yeah, to that end, Jack, you seem like you're in the right place at the right time. Is there something, or what is it about this defense that just seems to fit you, or do you think it, that, that, that that doesn't matter, do you, you know, whatever defense you'd be in, you'd be successful? Is there something about this defense, so e defense, that really allows you to, to be good uh, so quickly?
6: I mean, I wouldn't say the system doesn't matter. I mean, I think the system matters a ton. And, you know, I don't think it's just me being in the right spot either. I think it's guys, you know, everyone's got a job to do on each play.
0: And, uh, Man, I'm sorry I keep stopping this. I got to go back. Did he say the system don't matter?
6: right spot either I think it's got oh, oh. to be good
5: that th- 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 that doesn't matter to you you know whatever defense you'd be in Jack you seem like you're in the right place at the right time is there something or what is it about this defense that just seems to fit you or do you think that th- th- that doesn't matter to you you know whatever oh, defense
0: okay. you're saying no. do you, you think pieces? that that doesn't matter bro
6: I was, I was about that there's have... something
5: about this defense, defense that really allows you to, to be good uh, so quickly
6: I mean, I wouldn't say the system doesn't matter. I mean, I think the system matters a ton. And, you know, I don't think it's just me being in the right spot either. I think it's guys, you know, everyone's got a job to do on each play. And uh, I go out there and I try to do my job to the best of my ability. And I also think, though, that, you know, sometimes I'm fortunate to be in the situation. But a lot of times, you know, I'm not the one that really... Other players out there kind of put me, help put me in that situation. I mean, you look at even the game this past week. Uh, you know, the first sack that I had, if Joe Tom, if Joe doesn't take the back right out to the flat, then you know that's going to be an easy score. And uh, you know he was able to get through, guys, pick him up, and then you know I was, I got to re- reap the rewards of it. But you know, there's so much that goes on in each play that uh, one person can benefit on, but it's, there's a lot to it.
4: What process what what kind of feedback were you getting like what, what's your understanding of why your name wasn't called in the draft right like
6: I mean I think everyone's got an idea but I don't No, <laughs> you know it's yeah. just uh, it just happened and uh, you know um, some that's in the past that I'm just trying to move on from.
0: Okay, now that last question intrigues me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, maybe somebody in the chat can fill me in. Did Jack Sanborn wild out in college or something? What happened? That, that last question. You saw his face. Did y'all see his face on that one? Well, he was like, uh, "Why didn't you get? Why didn't you end up getting drafted? Picked in the draft?" Uh, well, I think a lot of people know. But uh, like, what? What? What don't I? What? What don't I know? Somebody, somebody fill me in. What did Jack do? Uh, because I, I don't know on that one. I, I'm i lost on that one, dog. What was name? Well, y'all know college ain't like I – I saw a bunch of months on – I had a bunch of months on Twitter going at me like – because I said uh, I wanted the Bears to go get Buddy from Ohio State. Um – and they were like, "Oh well, he's not out for another year, you idiot." And I was like, "I don't know. I, I don't really watch Ohio State that much, so I have no idea when when this mug comes out." But he caught the ball really nice. It looked good. Uh, hopefully, we're not in a position to get him, I guess. Now, but yeah, if somebody knows what the heck Jack was talking about there, uh, was it just was it just that he was he? Was, <laughs> Kenny said, "Cause I'm six foot and white." Was it just that? Was it literally just did they do the your six foot and white thing on it? I don't know, bro. Uh, that was pretty bad. That was a pretty bad, not on Jack's part at all, but those were some of the dumbest questions, um, that I've heard, bro. They asked that man, when did you figure out that you could play football? That's not smart. Uh, we got 107 people in the building man. hit that like button. It'd be so dope. If we could get a hundred likes on this video, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love, man. Um, I don't. I don't. If, if anybody knows what the heck Jack was kind of like side eyeing about, let me know on that as well. Um, broke down a lot of stuff today. We will be back live tomorrow from eleven to twelve. So tune in with us on that as well. Jack Sanborn, I, I. There's nothing I can break down from the interview because y'all didn't ask him. Did they ask him? They asked him one question about the Detroit game. They asked him one question about the Detroit game. This man got a sack. Uh, all, almost got an interception a t- uh, a a couple tip pass like they asked him one question about the detroit game i can't even break nothing down from the interview bro <laughs> oh chicago media y'all are hilarious man hey uh, we'll be back live tomorrow from 11 to 12. So tune in with us on that. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure you get in tune with us, man. Appreciate everybody who pulled up and showed love. Jack Sanborn. I'm sorry that you got to deal with those questions. Same to you Flus. but at least you kind of know how to deal with them. Um, as always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. To continue watching our Chicago Bears content, click the links on the screen and check the links in the description below. Make sure you check out the video from yesterday where I'm talking about uh, – what was I talking about in that mug? Um, I didn't forget the video from yesterday myself. Hold on. Oh, how the Bears are developing, and are the Bears and Justin – are the Chicago Bears developing Justin Fields in this team the right way? Tune in with that video, man. appreciate you guys for tuning in for another show. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. And if you're listening on the podcast side, make sure you leave a five-star review. Peace.